How we doing? Besides Bobby's groaning a little bit. Poor guy. Jake always says, poor little fella. Poor little fella. If you got a Bible, open it to uh, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, we're going to continue on in our Luke series. And as we're continuing on, I, I hope that we can continue to remember why it is that we're doing this. Uh, Theophilus is, is the uh, recipient of this, um, this book, this letter, or, or uh, the writing in which it is here. Um, Theophilus uh, is um, a, a man, a physical man, uh, that, was, um, that, that Dr. Luke was writing to. But we also know that Theophilus, a friend of God, that's what that means, or a lover of God, we, we know that that um, entails us as well. Excuse me, so... What we need to understand is when, uh, as we're going through this and we're talking um, about some certainties, and because that's why the, the, uh, the doctor here wrote this book, he wrote it to Theophilus, so you can have certainties about the things in which you've been taught, so we can have certainties about the things in which we've been taught in our lives, and we can um, weigh against what Scripture says, and let Scripture be the, uh, the, the primary, the foundational element in our, our, our walk with Christ. Because at the end of the day, what happens usually is um, bad theology is developed through a lifetime uh, of uncertainties. Um, you, you hear uh, a preacher say this, or you hear a teacher say this, or you hear a parent, you hear somebody say something um, that is quote-unquote sounds religious or religious-esque, and you tend to not investigate it. Well, and what happens when we don't investigate what it is that we've been taught, uh, we can fall into the trap. And the trap is the, the lie of the devil. We can start believing things that aren't true. That's all that the devil wants you to do, is to believe something that really isn't true. Uh, that, that's how he addressed the, the, our, our, um, our, our father and our mother in the Garden of Eden, trying to get them to believe something that wasn't true, that, trying to get them to believe that they would, um, if you eat of this fruit, then you'll be like God. Already understanding that they were made in the image of God. So it's the, the, the father of lies is the, is the devil. He's the enemy. He's the one that wants us to believe uncertainties. So when we come together, when we open books, or when we open the Bible, and particularly this book, we can see that the reason that this is written is so we can have certainties about the things in which we've been taught. Now, I, I'm especially excited about today just because of the certainties in which we're going to be talking about, or the certainty, I should say, that we're going to be talking about. We're only going to be really talking about one today. Um, and, and the certainty really puts into practice, it really pushes in and presses in hard about what we're supposed to do with all of the certainties. So with me, let's, um, you can follow along, I'm going to read, and uh, we're going to be in uh, Luke 6, verse 46. 646. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my, word, my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it was, it was well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who builds a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of the house was great. 
I love this parable in which Jesus is using here because what he does is he says that there's, um, there's these two houses. And in these two houses, uh, on, the, on the surface level, they look the same. On the surface level, they're beautiful two-story uh, modern houses. They've got central air. Thank you, Jesus. They've got, um, what was that, that, that thing you guys were talking about in, in, uh, in Sunday school? Vacuum flow? The central vac, vac that, that they got that central vacuum thing. I mean, these houses are awesome as they appear. But there's something different between each house. One house has a foundation, and the other house doesn't have a foundation. Now, you can't see if one house has a foundation or, or not um, by just looking at that house. On a nice, calm, clear day, when everything's going nice and the birds are chirping in the sky and the sun is shining and the kids are playing out in the yard, both houses appear to be very, what would be the word, hospitable, pleasant. But when the storm comes, the truth is revealed. When the storm comes, Jesus here says, and, he, and we can see another um, uh, uh, account of this, this same parable back in Matthew, but uh, when Jesus says when the, when the storm comes, when the flood rises, when life really starts happening, something is revealed. What is revealed is that there, there's not a foundation under the one house. And what happens when, that found, when, when the, the storm comes and that, that house is, is hit by the wind and the waves and the water and the floods rise, it crumbles. It says its ruin is great, totally demolished. But the, one who was the, the, that, um, the house that was built on the foundation, when the storms come and, and life throws everything it's got at this house, it says it, it stands strong. I think a lot of times what, what we do is when we're in our uncertainties is we've built this house up that looks nice and beautiful. And if everything goes the way in which we planned it, if life lines up with all the good, you know, the stars align and all this stuff, if life is good, everything is good. But the problem is when life is not bad, it's not if. I, I love Wayne, my, my brother. He just wanted us to, to let him know he was here. Whew, I'm glad yours went off because mine was, wasn't on silent either. Everybody grabbed their phone. <sighs> that would have been embarrassing if the preachers went off, right? <laughs> but uh, it, what we need to understand is, is the, when, when life is thrown, when things are thrown at us, not, not if, because Jesus says here uh, in, in verse that late, the latter part of verse 48, and when a flood when the flood came, when the flood arose, it's not if the flood happens, it's just when it's going to happen. Because we, we live in a world that floods are going to happen, and when I say floods, the, the problems of life are going to beat against the house. Jesus is saying here, if the house doesn't have a good foundation, it's going to be destroyed. And I want to say this, if our faith doesn't have a good foundation, it'll be destroyed. We, we see that all too often. We see things that happen with inside of the church as a whole, not just our church, but the church as a whole, where someone, it, 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 we presume or we, we see this facade of this nice, beautiful house, but then when um, the, the, the storms of life start hitting and this house starts crumbling because there's no foundation underneath it. 
what we need to do with what Jesus is saying here, we need to make sure we have a firm foundation. And this is what the, the, uh, the doctor here, Luke, is, is giving us. This is what the doctor ordered, right? This is what his prescription is. We need to have a firm foundation. How do we have a firm foundation? Here it tells us that, it, it, that there's one man who dug down deep. I love that. It says that he, he dug down. He went deep into the, the, the ground and into the soil so he could get down to the rock. And then once he was on the rock, he built his foundation on the rock. Some of you are sitting here that, that grew up in, in church like I did, and, you, and, and what, what's running through your mind is that the Lord is referred to as the rock in the Old Testament. The rock in my foundation, the fortress in which I take refuge in. Here what we see is Jesus is making it perfectly clear that we need to dig down deep to the rock and then build our foundation. Something we need to understand is the foundation doesn't build itself. Also, something we need to understand, it takes hard work digging down to the rock. I think that that's where it comes into the one that, that, that doesn't have a foundation and the one who does have a foundation. Those who don't have, that are not founded on the rock and founded on the principles and the understanding of Jesus Christ, it's because they don't want to put the effort into it. It comes down to, it comes down to that personal responsibility for us. We have a responsibility. Now, this is not just, I don't want to task everybody, everybody feel bad about themselves. No, what I want to encourage you is in that it's hard work, but it's so worth it. It's so worth getting all of the, 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 the dirt, the topsoil, getting through all of the, 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 the muck and the mire and all of that stuff and building our foundation on the rock versus just on things that, that, that change with the wind. Sin, or, or sand gets blown to and fro. Dirt gets blown around. If we build our, or we, we build our, house, our house of faith on sand, that like emotions and like um, seasons and everything, that, that they change, we're in for a, a rude awakening. We're in for hard times. We're in for utter destruction. But if we dig down deep and we get down to the rock, no matter what is thrown at us, no matter what is thrown at us, we will withstand the storm. And at the end of the day, I love when Jesus is looking at the disciples and he says, you know, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell, no matter what is thrown at the church, nothing is going to overcome it if it is built on the rock. So my question is, we need to understand what it means to be built upon the rock. So, the certainty that we're going to look at today, and it's a little formula. So, so you mathematicians in here will be like, oh, cool. Truth plus obedience equals a solid foundation. Truth plus obedience equals a solid foundation. Jesus is very clear here. He says, and, and I, I, I love this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Pause. Stop. We're going to camp here for a little bit. 
Remember, Jesus has just got done. He, he's he's uh, been teaching his, his core disciples, but the other, all of the rest of the disciples are listening in. There's, there's crowds that probably have, have gathered by this time. And he says this very clearly. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Some of us th- can, can say, um, can, can plead ignorance. Well, maybe, you know, that, that's me because I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what all Jesus has said. Okay. It, all that, that little piece of paper that I, I gave everybody, um, these are just a few things that I jotted down. I don't even know how many are on there. There's probably 30, 35, something like that. This is not an exhaustive list. And this is not a, a list that we go through and check them off. Check, 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 check. This is not meant for that. This is to help us to, to see when Jesus says, you call me Lord, Lord, and what we need to understand is what that means is you call me Master, Master, Lord of all. You're, you're saying that to me, but you're not doing what I tell you. These are some of the things that Jesus has told us. It, it, it's interesting because by saying Lord, Lord, he's saying, we, are, we would be saying, or the disciples and, or the people in the, this essence would be saying, yep, you're the king, um, you're the boss, you're right, you're perfect, you're true, but I disagree with you. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Lord, Lord, Lord of all, sovereign God, yes you are, but I disagree. How does that work? I mean, really, let's just think about that. We claim Him as Lord. We say we believe in Jesus Christ. We profess it. We sing harmonious hymns. That was good. That was really good. We, we do. We say this. And, 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 and though we say this with our mouths, our actions are saying, I disagree with you. Man, th- these are the times, I mean, this is definitely not a church growth strategy <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. But what this is, is this is real. Because too often what we do is we profess it with our mouth, but we're not professing it with our lives. We're saying, yeah, that's my God. Woo, King Jesus. I'm going to go my way. I'm going to do it my way. You're king, you're boss, you're pure, perfect, you're true, you've, you're creator, I, I haven't made a dolphin today, but you know, you, you got it all, but I still disagree with you. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't resonate. It, it, we, it, we, I can't. We can't compute that. Why do we do that? Why do we say that? And, and I think that that's where this, this, this question comes down, what it comes down to. Because truth is truth. I don't care if you agree with it, or I don't care if I agree with it. Even though I don't agree with a truth, doesn't make it less a truth. For instance, if I were to stand on top of the, the, the church and say, I don't agree with the truth of gravity, what would happen when I stepped off the edge? I, I, yeah, we'd all be having church at the hospital, right? No, I mean, seriously, though, just because I say I don't believe that truth, it doesn't matter if you want to accept that truth or not. It doesn't make it less, any less of a truth. 
So, so my, my, my recommendation and, and, and what I think that what we need to do as believers in Jesus Christ is when we identify a truth, we need to make sure that we're listening to that truth, even though it, if it's difficult. Because it's during those difficult times we, we understand or we see the foundation in which we have. It's during the, because during those difficult times, that's when the foundation is revealed, remember? That's when the, when the storms and everything are, are pressing in. That's when we're going to see if that foundation that no one else sees at any other time is going to be known. But it starts with truth. So you, it, it goes back to the, the whole garbage in, garbage out that we've talked about before. Make sure we're putting good stuff in. And when I say good stuff, that doesn't mean everything I'm saying up here, that you have to do everything in which I'm saying. What you need to do is make sure that you're weighing what it is that, that, that the bald man is saying against Scripture, and then do what Scripture says. Because God's Word is our final authority. Even though it's tough. Even though it's tough. And, and, and you've heard me say this before, that if you um, have never encountered a, 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 a verse or a scripture in the Bible that you don't like, you're not really reading the Bible. Because that's what the, 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 the Word of God is living in. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the joint and the marrow. It, it, it gives us the understanding and the discernment of what we're supposed to do. So if we're just like hunky-dory going through life and, oh, oh, Jesus is good, and we're flipping through, and, oh, yeah, I like that, I like that, and everything's good, butterflies and puppy dogs, we're not pressing into what God is talking about. Now, now I'm not implying that, well, you're just not getting the deeper meaning of, of the Bible and you just need to be more spiritual to understand. No, it's you just need to read the Word as the truth in which God has delivered it to us in. That He's given it to us for a reason. I heard a preacher one time talk about, uh, I don't, he must have lived in a, a suburb or something like that, I don't know, uh, but he was talking about this little boy. <clears throat> and uh, uh, this cop was driving down uh, this, this, neighbor, this road in this neighborhood where he was, he always, you know, it was his patrol and everything, and he saw this little boy, which he knew, just, uh, he was on this, he's probably five, you know, four or five years old, <clears throat> on his little tricycle, just mean, angry face, and just motoring around down the sidewalk, down the other sidewalk, around, and he just kept motoring around on the sidewalk, just raw, mad and everything. Finally, the, the, the cop stopped him and said, hey, hey, Johnny, because, you know, everybody, you know, little boy's name in every preacher illustration is always Johnny. Um, so he says, hey, hey, Johnny, or Johnny G, whatever you want to call him. Hey, Johnny, what, what's, what's the deal? Man, you look like you're just, you're just mad and angry. And he says, yeah, I'm mad at my mom. Oh, why are you mad at your mom? Well, she did whatever. Oh, what are you doing then? I'm running away. Oh, but my mom says I'm not allowed crossing the street. <laughs> I, I, I like that because I, I think about that. When, even though we don't want to obey or uh, understand what the truth is about, or or um, understand that, or or, or uh, accept the truth, we still need to be obedient because of what obedience does, and what discipline does when we're not obedient, it keeps us in close relationship. If that little boy was allowed to go across the street, he would have been gone. But because he was 
being obedient, even though he didn't like it, but he was being obedient, he was still in close relationship with his mother. I think what we need to do is, even though when we don't believe, or I, I don't say believe, when we don't want to accept the truths of God's word, we still need to be obedient because that's what keeps us in close relationship with God. And what we, we need to understand is this, this uh, what Jesus is saying here is, you're, you're saying that I'm Lord. You're, you're, you're saying that, 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 that I'm the, the ruler of your life. So you're saying that, but you're not, it's, this is not happening. My question is, why do we do it? We, my hands raised too. Why do we do this? I only came up with two things. And I'm sure that some of you are probably sitting here and you can give me a, a page full of other things. But I think that it comes down to either one of two of these things when it all boils down. The first thing, I just don't want to, which we would call that pride. I know it says this, but I, don't, I ain't going to do it. Stomp my foot. That's pride. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Because I'm prideful. Pride, oh my goodness gracious. I think it was St. Ignatius or Augustine, one of those, those guys said that pride is the sin that's pregnant with all other sins. Why don't, when we, when, when we call him Lord, Lord, why don't we do it? It's because we've we got pride issues. Anybody sitting in here and say, I ain't got pride issues. <laughs> Make an appointment with me this week and we'll talk about that. <laughs> because we have to, we're, 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 we have sin in our life that we, we need to deal with, and when we don't deal with it, that's pride. We've got to deal with it. And we've got to understand that we don't, we're not intended to deal with it alone. God did not design us like that. He designed us to be together. He designed, designed us to be with one another. Some people take a, in Genesis where it says it's not good for man to be alone, is they just take that as um, that's just indicating the, uh, the marriage relationship. It, primarily, is that what it's indicating? Yeah, but it's also indicating that it's really not good for man to be alone, to be left to himself. One of the harshest, cruelest, cruelest uh, punish, punishments in the world is solitary confinement. I mean, even the secular people get that right. Man is not intended to, to, to be alone, so we need to understand that we need to be together. We need to work through whatever it is we need to work through. The second thing, so the first one was, I don't want to do it, so pride. The second thing, I, I think that what, what, uh, things or excuses can boil down to is um, because I don't trust them. Which I would identify that as fear. So if we look at it, and some of you are saying, well, you can put those both in the same category. Fine, then put them both in the same category. I don't care. But understand that the, the, the reason we don't trust, we, we say that we, we, we claim Christ, but we don't do what He says is because we're afraid. And we're not afraid of God. We're not fearful of God. We're fearful of man. And I know that that's one of those on that list that I gave you. 
fear God and not fear man. The fear of man is debilitating. We need to understand that that, that, that we, we don't need to fear our brother or our sister or those outside. It doesn't matter. If we're following the truth of God, what we need to do is we need to fear God. Even when the truth is uncomfortable, to be obedient, we've got to follow Him no matter what anybody says, no matter how uncomfortable it is. That, and that's not us being some elitist group. That's not, that's not it at all. It's us standing on the promises of God. How can we stand on the promises and claim all of the good things that come out of those promises if we're not standing on those same promises when the bad stuff's happening? If we want a solid foundation, and as I look out and I look at everyone's faces in here, I, 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 I believe that you want a solid foundation. I believe that we want to have a solid foundation, individually and corporately. But a solid foundation takes work. It takes truth, and not only just saying, yep, that's true, it's applying it. What does that look like then? What does that that look like on on a daily basis? I believe Jesus. I got my Bible, and I'm carrying it around with me. I'm, whoo, praise Jesus. You know... Someday we'll do that. We're going we're gonna, to don't, don't, don't. Yeah. Anywho. But I, I'm, whoo, he's my Lord. He's my King. But I'm not going to do what he says. What's your problem? Think about it. Just, just don't, don't think about it. Here's what we do in times like this. We try to, without looking around, Look to our, our wife or our husband or our, whoever's sitting around us, and I, I don't know what his problem is. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to do, right? No, 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 no. I'm not asking that. I can give a rip less what you think somebody else's problem is. What's your problem? What's my problem? What do I got to do? Okay, so these are truths in which God has given us. What's my problem? Why am I not obeying them? Everybody has something. And, and I'm not saying that, that, that it's okay to, be, uh, to have a sin in your life. What I'm saying is that you will always have sin in your life this side of the grave. There's a, something that's called sanctification. is where we're becoming more and more like Christ. And the more we put to death sin, the more like Christ we become. We're not going to arrive, none of you, none, none of us, or ever going to arrive, quote-unquote, into that perfect state of bliss. No, when we arrive is when we arrive at the feet of Jesus, when we're with Him for eternity. So what that means is you got sin, you got to deal with it. We should get t-shirts made. Got sin? And on the back says, you got to deal with it. It's so... It's okay to be not okay. Right? It's okay to be not okay, but it's not okay to be okay or not okay all the time, right? That makes sense? It's okay to be not okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. That makes better sense. 
Well, when we're not okay and we act okay, how's anybody supposed to help you? If we're not okay and we're, we're isolating ourselves, how's anybody supposed to speak into your life? If we're not okay and we're still, you know, we're, we're painting the house and making it even more pretty, I mean, it's falling apart because the, the ground's shaking underneath us and we don't have a good foundation and we're trying to patch it up, I'm okay. How are things going to work out? It's, it's okay to be not okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And we need to, to work together on this. Jesus says here, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me. So he gives us this, okay, this is what this looks like. This is what we're to do. So we're to come to him. First thing, where are you taking your problems? Where are you going for advice? What, you know, bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? When they come for you, what you doing? What are you doing? Are you going to Jesus? He says, everyone, not just some, everyone who comes to me, so, it's not, so there, there's an action, oh, I'm coming to Jesus, and, I love those conjunctions, and here's my words, that's the truth. The words of Jesus, that's the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing is by the words of Christ. So, everyone who comes to me and hears my words, and, another conjunction there, love it, does them. So it's not just hearing, it's actually doing them. I will show you what he is like. So it's not just, let's get up and come to church on Sunday, and hear the truths of God's Word. It's coming, it's hearing, and it's doing. Jesus' little brother says that faith without works is dead. It doesn't mean we work to get our faith. It means we work because of our faith. Last week we talked about fruit. If there's no fruit on the tree, there's something wrong with the root. We all need to be, we all need to be looking at this and, and saying, Dear God, I don't want to be the one who says, Lord, Lord, and then not do what He says. One of the most earth-shattering verses in all of the Bible for me, and I know I've shared this with you guys, has something to do with the, 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 the same proclamation. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Jesus says here, in a similar setting, mind you, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who do does the will of my Father who is in heaven. It's not just saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I love Jesus. What are you doing about that? What are you doing? 
That's a question which you got to ask. So when, when there's problems in, in, in your life, do this. Everybody, we're going to make everybody an instant success in um, biblical counseling. I'm going to ask you to do this. Ask yourself, what's the problem? All right? So you're having an issue. What's the problem? What's the sin? Second question. And in between questions, pause for a second, because that's what good counselors do. They go, hmm. Interesting. And that awkward silence happens then. So what's the problem? What does God say about it? That's the second question. Again, awkward silence. Hmm. The third one, third question, final question. What you going to do about it? Pretty simple. I mean, we could all be instant successes in counseling if that formula was played out correctly. We've got to identify the problem. We've got to identify what God says about it in His Word. And then we've got to do it. Let's not get comfortable in identifying what God says about it and then like, well, I don't know if I can do this. You're probably you're right. You probably can't do it alone. You need help. But that's why we come together, to help one another. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we love you. God, we ask um, that we don't just say, Lord, Lord, and then do nothing. God, let us, even when it's uncomfortable, even though when it's the hardest thing that we've ever done, God, let us identify the sin and, and understand your truth in, in reference to the, this sin. And let us do this. God, first and foremost, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. Lord, it's not an act or a work of, on our own. It's, a, it's the act of the Holy Spirit that's working through us. But we have to allow Him to work. God, we do not have the power to overcome sin in and of ourselves. God, the power comes from You, from Your Spirit that dwells inside of us. God, let us die to ourselves. Let us live in the Spirit, by the Spirit. Let us live for You. God, let us deal with things. God, let me deal with things. I've got a list of things that are popping into my head that I, I need to deal with better. God, let us deal with them, though. Let us not just make a list and just set it on the side. Father, as we get ready to partake of communion, my, my prayer is that you bless uh, the, the bread, as it says, and you bless the cup, as it says in, in Scripture. And as we uh, examine ourselves, God, we, we come to understand that, that why we're doing this is, to, um, to, is in representation, is, is, is symbolic in nature. And we can say, hey, whew, this is the time. I'm, I'm, I'm repent of that sin. I'm going to put it away. I'm going to die to that. I'm going to live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we love you, God. We ask your power, your strength, your courage. God, we ask your wisdom. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.